The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode 107. Talk about visibility mindset with Andrea Freeman. Andrea Freeman started her first business when she was 12 years old three businesses and a lot of learning later, she was hosting red carpet celebrities in her event planning business, but she felt unfulfilled. She said to herself, there must be a better way. That pivotal moment prompted a soulful search. Today, as the creator of the Host Your Life Accelerator and the Upleveled Entrepreneur Podcast, Andrea uses her successful track record as a biz owner to help other business owners align with their purpose, create results with greater ease, and make a lasting impact in the world. Today, Andrea is here to talk about visibility, which is something we are diving deep into next month. Stay tuned for more on that. I need you to grab your coffee, grab your tea, grab a pen. We are going to talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Friends, 2022 is going to be here before you know it. And with it, a brand new booking season and a brand new chance for you to show yourself, your true, authentic self, and work with only the best clients for you. So how do we do that? We show up. We get visible. We are running a very, very free 30-day plan to get you and your biz back onto center stage. The challenge runs from October 24th through November 24th and ends just in time for American Thanksgiving, which is a perfect time to end with gratitude. I know that this year, or the last two years, has kicked all of our asses. And so I know you've had your head down working for the last six months at least. You're not alone. Me too. But Once you pick your head back up, it's going to be booking season. And I want you to be able to show up in your business. This is not just a challenge about Instagram. This is about showing up and being visible in many, many areas. And so I really, really, really hope you will join me in this challenge. Listen, this challenge is for everyone and also for me, because guess what? Your girl needs the accountability too. So go to reneedallow.com forward slash get visible. That's G-E-T. V-I-S-I-B-L-E, reneedallow.com forward slash get visible. We're doing an accountability and strategy workbook. We are doing 30 days of prompts. We are doing Sunday work sessions for four weeks. Ready to get started? Yes, I know you are. It's a win-win. Get involved, get visible, and we will get it done together. reneedallow.com forward slash get visible. Free challenge, y'all. Get into it. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me. I'm here again every week. Where else would I be? I named it after myself. (laughs) I am here this week with the fabulous, the legendary Andrea Freeman. Andrea, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. 
I'm so thrilled to have you here. First of all, how is New York? I miss it. Is it okay? Is it thriving? Tell me. New York is doing okay. I am, for anybody listening, just 90 miles outside of New York City, and we are having beautiful summer weather. Good. Oh, I miss my hometown. I haven't been in so long, obviously, because of the COVIDs. Um, but I, I did have a dream about New York the other night, just like, and it was such a like a lame dream because I was just like walking around, <laughs> shopping. But this is what I miss about about New York, just like being with people, being out there. Mm, it's been a little different since the COVID. That's it for has sure. Been. Well, <laughs> I feel like everything, all of our lives have been so different because of COVID. And I also think that kind of ties into what we're talking about today, which is visibility mindset. Because I will say, like, now that I live in LA and I've been here for 20 years, like, I really could go a whole day without seeing another human, even before COVID, if I wanted to. But that's not the case in New York. You're very much, you're very visible in New York, just walking around the streets. Yeah. You know what? I lived in New York and I lived in LA. So I really understand what you're talking about. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about New York, and this is a podcast not about New York, I know, no. but here we go. Um, <laughs> that like you can hide in plain sight in New York. You can be very visible and yet completely invisible if you want. Because everybody is all in the mix together, but they're all on their own separate paths. So that's very, very different than how it is when you interact with other people in LA, which is very intentional <laughs> yes. and and very related, right? Like you're not yes. doing like you're not around other people doing other things unless you intend to be around that specific group of people. Yes, it's very intentional. But that's an excellent point you make. And and actually something that I'm glad you said because it's some a piece of New York that I forgot is that you really can be visible can hide in plain sight. I yeah, I have. There are many stories I could tell about that, and I won't. But one of them is about me crying on the subway, which every New Yorker has done at one point or another. It's fine. Oh yeah. Remember when we used to read books on the subway? I remember books. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness, I love it. Well, okay, so we're here to talk about visibility. For those of you who listen to the show a lot or who are a student of mine, you know that I am for me personally, always working on being more visible, which some of you might think is hilarious because I, I have a podcast named after myself. And those of you who know me know me, but there's also like a million people in the world who have no idea about me. And so I have to work on myself and my own um, comfortability level, or I guess work on being okay with being uncomfortable with being visible. Andrew, what has been your journey with visibility? Mm. So one of the things that happened because I had a celebrity event planning business for 15 years is that I remember distinctly like, you know, four or five years into business, feeling like I was a best kept secret in the industry, knowing that I had a gift to be able to serve people that, you know, the work that you do in this industry is really about causing joy and making you know, making that available to communities, right? Like who doesn't want more of that in the world? And recognizing that I needed to get in front of more people, right? In order to get more clients on my roster, but not being sure how to do that. So I tried everything, right? I tried paid advertising. I tried um, strategic partnerships. I tried all the things. And what happened for me was the difference between being a best kept secret, which is like, you know, uh, year five, year four, and waking up on the first day of that next year, having planned celebrity weddings, being in People Magazine, being in Vogue, being in everywhere. And the 
difference that that came with, like the amount of referrals, the amount of people just knowing who you are and what opens the door. And then the clients just finding you because all the stuff they say about SEO is true. Like if your name pops up in those Google searches, like people find you, people pop into your inbox. And so when I saw what happened in my event planning business, I kept the momentum going. I knew that it was important to not fall off of people's radar, to stay visible, to stay active. So I actively cultivated a presence. And that definitely took some work because, I mean, most event planners are pretty happy to hide out behind the scenes, right? Like we're the <laughs> logistics people. We're, we're not in the spotlight. We're not the talent. We're not the, you know, the, the show people. Yeah. We put on the show. We produce the show. We could tell you every detail about the show, but being the one in the spotlight isn't usually where we're most comfortable, right? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I tell my, I tell my, my team, like I, you know, we wear all black, we stay on the sidelines. We're not, we're not the show. Um, and I know other wedding planners feel differently. I, I mean, my best friend is a wedding planner. She wears bright colors. She wants to blend in with the guests. And I'm like, no, 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 we're the team. We're on the sides. And so it is an, an interesting dichotomy to consider in the grand scheme of our businesses that we're, some of us have the mindset of like, no, 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 we're not the show. But then in our businesses, we absolutely have to be the show. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I went through that same transition of what my team wears, right? We went from all black to actually what your friend does, where we were, our thing was bold floral patterns um, or whatever matched the guests. If floral patterns would clash, then we would match the guests. Yeah. So what that looked like in my event planning business is very similar to what I do now in my mindful coaching business and the way that I work with service-based entrepreneurs to really be able to step into the mindset that it takes to be visible in your business, especially if the brand hinges on you. The business doesn't even have to be named about you to hinge on you. But if you are the face, it's critical that you cultivate the mindset to step further and further into visibility. And that looks a lot of different ways for people. But at, at the base, most people on some level aren't sure that they have what it takes or that they're good enough or that people want to hear what they say, that they're an expert enough, right? There's some level of self-doubt that's present usually that stops people from stepping into the full scope of, full scope of owning all that they have to serve the world with. And so, yeah, go ahead. Do you think that's doubt about um, like a, like an imposter syndrome doubt or is that, I guess, and, or is it looking at, at your fellow, you know, wedding planner, you know, colleague and saying like, well, I don't have what she has. Mm. Oh, well, probably a little bit of both because I mean, I actually think that imposter syndrome is really just kind of a fancy word for procrastination because <laughs> Oh my God, I want to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, like we're worried about I'm this or I'm not that, right? When when we're sitting around thinking about what we should or shouldn't be doing, not when we're in action about it. So I think that the more that you can plan out what you're going to do, what serves your business, what ways you should show up and be visible, and then be consistently in action about that, that is what moves the needle. That's what makes the difference. Not sitting around and thinking about it, right? 
Yeah, I feel like when when you're really in action with anything, if like think about anything you're doing, like listeners, and you're in a flow state of doing, you're not second guessing yourself, and you're not having that outside opinion, that bird's eye view, looking down, going like, oh, I wonder if anyone's gonna like this. Like you're just convicted to get the thing done. Yeah, a hundred percent, and that's why I in the coaching that I do with clients, I I basically marry together mindfulness, right? Like the, the mindset, the practices, the things that you need to do to cultivate greater ability to step into the highest version of yourself and serve more fully in your business with the actual systems and strategies and tactics and the, the actual things in your business that you should be doing. Because I had coaches that were all strategy, 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 and I felt like I was running on the hamster wheel. And then I've had coaches mm-hmm. who are all mindset, mindset, mindset. And I felt like like I was off in la-la land and like <laughs> not tethered to anything, right? Like we yeah. need both. We need both. We need both, 100%. Uh, so I want to talk to you. I want to talk about visibil- visibility and uncomfortableness, right? Because a lot of times when I talk, especially in my students about this, they're like, yeah, yeah, I would do that, but I'm so uncomfortable with it. And like for me and my life, I feel like I've never really gotten anywhere with the things I'm comfortable with. Like, I feel like you have to get into an uncomfortable place sometimes to grow. What's your take on that? I could not agree more. I mean, like, think about when you go to the gym, if you want to transform your muscles, you have to challenge them. You have to put them into a state of discomfort not forever, but for a period of time so that they can become stronger and grow into what they, what you want them to be. So I feel like our mindset around visibility is just that it's a muscle. And it is something that if we challenge it, not beyond like, you know, it would send us you know <laughs> into the mental hospital or something, you know, like, I mean, yeah. I'm not talking about challenging ourselves in that way. I'm talking about like growing incrementally. I'm talking about doing tiny shifts in the way that we're showing up that really allow you to grow. Now, when you say a tiny shift, could it be something like, um, say your Instagram feed, right? Say you, you're someone who on your Instagram feed for your business has never shown your face. Could a tiny step mean just a photo of yourself one day, as opposed to a tablescape or your clients? Yeah. I mean, definitely that could, that could be something, but the thing is my whole thing about branding and marketing experience is that you should be doing what I call energetic marketing. You should be creating a space online that allows people to really experience what it would be like to work with you. So 100% of the conversation can't be about any one thing because you are a dynamic and varied human being with nuances to your personality and the ways in which you work. So you have to show many facets of yourself, right? That allows us to not feel so locked into and what often has us feel like we are trapped in our business identity. We get to show up more fully and be more honest about who we are. And the result is that we attract the clients who are more perfectly aligned for us, what I call your soulmate clients. Yes. Yes. I'm thinking about my my own business and myself. I mean, in the two businesses that we run, it's like, um, I think sometimes when we think about visibility and we think about really putting ourselves out there, the immediate secondary thought is like, well, that's scary because if someone really knew me, they wouldn't necessarily like what they saw or whatever, right? That's that Mm -hmm. narrative. 
But I will say like the times that I've posted, and I mean, specifically, these both examples are Instagram, but I remember this was like years ago, I was, you know, I was literally lying in bed in Palm Springs, about to start a weekend wedding, thinking, oh, shit, I have to post something today. And I found a photo of myself from a styled shoot, I had no makeup on, I was, uh, I knew that I was sweating in the moment the photo was taken. And it wasn't a super flattering photo of me, but it was a photo of me, like laughing at someone behind the camera, like, just a really authentic photo of me. And I posted it and sort of said, like, about to start this weekend in Palm Springs, like, to be honest, like, I kind of wish I could be in a t-shirt with no makeup on right now, right? Like, super off the cuff. That year, that that post was my most liked photo. Mm-hmm. And I and I was blown away because I posted it, th- like, kind of cringing, like, well, we'll see what happens. And people love that because it was real, right? It was no makeup, no filter, just like, it was what it was. And I yeah. think maybe we think sometimes we're under under the fallacy of like, well, if I'm going to show my face or if I'm going to show my real true personality, it somehow has to be perfect. But I actually think people want to see the opposite. I agree. People want to totally see the opposite. And I think now more than ever, people want to see the opposite. So one of the things that's happened because of all our social media culture is, and, and I also think that COVID has really actually played a part in this. We we've all had this time to kind of like, slow down a little bit, assess what's really important to us. What do I really want in my life? What really matters to me? What are my values, right? And so not only as service providers have we had that opportunity, but so has the market, right? So now more than anything, and um, you know, Esther Perel actually talks about this kind of like identity market, people are looking to buy from people who I who they identify as being in alignment with their core values. So keeping parts of yourself that are really important to you at arm's length doesn't allow people to come inside and really get to know you. And as a result, they can't tell that you're the right person for them. The idea with social media and with really any marketing at all is to really give people the experience of what it is like to work with you, which is why I do so much podcast guesting and why I teach a whole Mm -hmm. masterclass on it. Because it gives people an opportunity to kind of be a fly on the wall, to listen to you having a very genuine, authentic, natural conversation that is not salesy at all. And see who you really are. See what's important to you. Now, podcast guesting isn't necessarily right for everybody, but you can use those principles in any kind of media appearance. Whether you're guest blogging, whether you're going live on somebody else's uh, Instagram or Facebook, and you're doing kind of like a collaboration, you can use the principles of generosity, of authenticity, and of showing up and being 100% who you are so that people can identify that's my person love to see more wedding pros and wedding pros, not educators, because I know as an educator, like I'm all over the place on podcasts, but I'm mostly teaching, right? I would love to see wedding pros of every discipline really um, put themselves out there for podcasting more. I, I think sometimes people who haven't done it uh, maybe think it's very scary to talk off the cuff. I don't particularly find that scary, but I think even if you do find it a little unnerving, there are ways you can prepare like everything else. Preparation, do you think people need to do for any of these sort of like visibility stretches? Um, I think that there's a fair amount of preparation to do. And before you go into um, really hardcore pushes for visibility, I think that it's really, really important to identify really like who you are in your business, what your business is really all about. That core brand identity is super, super important. And then once you have that identified, 
to get really clear about what it is that's your goal or your intention from the visibility. Is it just to create visibility and brand awareness for your business? Is it really to convert clients? Because you show up differently when depending on what your objective is, right? But once once you've gotten really clear about that, then it's time to like start reaching out and have a very strategic plan for how you manage all of that information, all of that outreach, all of that follow-up. And that's what I that's the whole thing that I teach in the podcast Powerhouse Masterclass. Oh, I love that. We'll we'll link to that in the show notes so you guys can go check it out because I, I can tell you firsthand um the power of podcasting, even just when I've time you guys hear this, it'll have been several months prior. But uh, for me, in real time, last month, I was traveling around the country speaking at different networking events. And um, especially when I was in Scottsdale, who came to that networking event really thought they, you know, they felt like they really knew me because they listened to the show. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time since, you know, COVID that I actually have been able to like experience that in real time to be like people asking me about my husband or about my friends or about, you know, my business plans for the future. And I'm like, oh, these people really know me because they tune in every week, you know, and, and that's a really powerful thing. It's, it's a very powerful thing to have your voice in someone's ear. Yeah, it's totally powerful. And the thing is, it's a powerful medium whether you're the host or whether you're a guest, because honestly, like what happened to me with my event planning business and that I mapped on to someone else's celebrity, that's what podcast guest interviews are. It's a chance for you to map onto the celebrity of that host and be propped up as an expert, right? Because, you know, as a host, like we do our research, we make sure this person really is legit and knows what they're talking about. Like we are really protective of our audiences and so when you actually make it through the through the <laughs> gates and onto the show, yep. the host is saying, like, I'm linking arms with this person because they're an expert at the thing that I want to talk to them about. Yes. Yes. And for the record, uh, and I think this is probably true for most podcasts, we say no to many more people than we say yes to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, so so I'm just saying, like, you get through the gate of like, oh, now you're in. It's like there actually is a gate and we actually do check. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. everyone listening. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to get on podcasts that um, specifically talk to your ideal client, right? So maybe a podcast like this isn't correct if you're not educating or business to business. But if you're if you're B two C, you know there are plenty of podcasts that speak um, to your market, and there's possibly local podcasts that you could get on that speak even more niche down to who you're really serving. Yeah, yeah. And I say, you know, dive deep into to one area, you know, and then you can actually use the strategy across different types of media, because the same thing that gets you in the door and, you know, has the booker get back to you on podcasting is also the same thing that starts to work for, you know, uh, more mainstream media and, and bigger yeah. media. There's just different goals. Yeah. How do you, what do you think about, something like a, a sort of a newer thing like it like TikTok or even clubhouse um now one is visual one is audio but as far as like I look at those sort of as um a rehearsal for visibility <laughs> although i guess on TikTok you have to be serious because people there have big followings but like with this with this newer technology uh, you know for people who want more visibility is it worth it to dive into the newer stuff or should we stick with the stuff we already know I mean, I think, you know, whenever you're making a decision about where to be visible, I think you have to be really clear about always the goal and the outcome. What are you trying to do? And then also what's in alignment with you and your brand? What just feels right? So I'm not about like convincing everybody like, like, oh, reels are hot or TikTok's hot. So, you know, you should do that. 
yeah, you should understand the algorithm and you should understand the medium and the platform that you're endeavoring to use a hundred percent, but you shouldn't be doing it because everybody else is. So, um, you know, I'm definitely of the mindset that it first has to be in alignment for you because it's not going to work if you're just doing it because you think you should. Yeah. I love that everything we're talking about so far has, has sort of resonated with me as um, the first step to all of this is sort of a deep understanding of yourself and your client and your business, um, which I love. And I, we talk about, you know, so many topics that in and around that, that sort of deep knowing, right? Like who is your niche and who's your audio client. And I think a lot of times, especially for newer business owners, it feels easy to gloss over that because you want to get into action and you want to get to work. But what Andrea is saying really is at the core, like understanding who it is you're trying to reach, who you are, what you believe in, and then kind of going out and saying, okay, now how do I want to be visible? And it's not just about doing what the person next to you is doing, which I love, but going back to the mindset piece. So I know we talked about like imposter syndrome. We talked a little bit about like comparisonitis. What are some other mindset blocks that you see around visibility? Mm, I mean, those are two really big ones, but uh, you know, I think, um, definitely, definitely the biggest one is about, um, like readiness more than anything, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, there's this idea about what, what an influencer, and I know some people get triggered by that word, but like someone (laughs) who, when I say that, I mean, someone who is influential, right? Yeah. Uh, What that person should look like. And I either feel like I meet that criteria or I don't, right? And usually we start doubting ourselves when we, don't necessarily feel like we've reached a certain that certain status yet. I also feel like like who who I should be as an influencer or like expertise I should have. But the other thing is, and this really comes back to I talk a lot about abundance. This really comes back to the idea that we kind of start to judge our audiences a little bit, right? Oh. So, we can start to get into a space where it is like, you know, well, I only have this many followers, but I wish I had that many followers, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the the number of followers I have isn't the right number. <laughs> yeah. Or or even if it's like a big number, but it's not converting, right? People aren't interacting with us that much or, you know, like we're judging that it's not the right people in our audience, right? Yes, yes, 100%. So I think... I think that the most important thing when you're kind of hanging out in that space, and this really comes back to how you look at abundance and your ability to kind of manifest just in general, is to be able to get into a space of really truly seeing what is there, like not the story about what's there, not what you tell yourself about what's there, but the actual facts, like data over drama. And data over drama, another t-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) And really, really being honest about what that number is and no no longer giving into like what you have to say about it. From there, making your goals about what you would, you know, want it to be, but creating those goals from a place of service and a place of generosity. So when I look at the ways that you can show up in your business, I basically feel like, and this was actually put together when I was working with celebrities and high net worth clients and you know big corporate CEOs, I started to recognize that they all have these kind of common traits and things that they do as practices and ways that they live their life. So I actually call this way of being 
uh, being a host in your life. And as people who are in the event industry, you're all totally going to get this. I know it. Like you can choose to be a guest in your life and in your business. And when you're a guest, you don't have a say in who's invited, in what the music is, in the food that's being served, right? Like you just take what's offered. So what that looks like in business is like, oh, what's everybody else in my market doing? What's everybody else in my industry doing? What's industry standard? What are the packages everybody else is doing? What are the services we're offering? How are we acquiring our clients, right? And you're, you're kind of in the stream with everybody. If you're interested in standing out, if you're interested in being a differentiator in your market or a disruptor in your market, then you have to step into the role of host because that is when you can create something that is authentically yours, that is aligned for you and what your personal goals are and what resonates for you. So when you're being a host, this is what it means because it's an acronym. The A means that you're honoring your why. Now, there's a lot of talk these days about having a why. We've probably all read the books. Got to figure out what my why is. What's my why? Got to have a why. But once you have it, once you've identified it, it is your job and your responsibility to be honoring it, to be infusing it into every area of your life and your business in such a way that your business is serving you first and foremost so that you are filled up to be able to serve the world. So after you are figuring out how to honor your why, and you're really clear about the ways that you're going to incorporate it into your business, you are owning who you truly are. Now, as human beings, I fully believe that we are all put here on the planet to thrive. I don't think that there's a single one of us that's an exception. I don't think the universe has singled out any one of us and said, everybody's here to thrive except you, right? So (laughs) (laughs) baseline, like you're here to thrive. And any thought that you have that isn't about how freaking awesome you are and how amazing and how capable you are is a limiting belief. So -hmm. it is your job to shift that out of your perspective. And that's the S, shift your perspective. So what do you need to do to get yourself to that highest five place that you can really truly embody and own who you truly are so that you can show up and serve more fully? And when you go through this process, when you're really clear about why you do what you do, what makes you so awesome at what you do, what makes you different about what you do, and have the practices in place to keep yourself in that really high vibe place, then you end up in this really full, like overflowing, like effervescent place, ready to serve people with all of your awesomeness. And from there, you're taking inspired action. So that is the T. So If you are being a host, you are creating your goals in your business, not from a place of lack, not from a place of insufficiency, right? Like I don't have X revenue and I want that, or I don't have the kinds of clients I want and I really want these kind. You're not looking at what you don't have to create what you want. You're looking at how much you have to serve and the ways in which you can be fully self-expressed in your business. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I think so. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's so no, because it's so clear, Andrea. It's like, and and honestly, the like the host versus guest is such an interesting because like as you're saying it, I'm thinking of people I know and businesses businesses I know out in the in the marketplace, and I'm like, yep, that's a host. Yep, they're a guest. It's a host, and I can 
see it from the outside. And I, I wonder sometimes if people can see it from the inside. I think we can with a little introspection, but it's so clear. Do you want to be a guest or a host? Mm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, all day, of course. For but. anybody who's listening, like, just take a pause, you know, press that pause button for one minute and ask my, ask yourself, am I being a guest or am I being a host in my business? And look at it. Where can I infuse more of my why? Where can I own who I truly am? What do I need to do to shift my perspective and get myself, you know, able to see more often and more frequently, more reliably? how amazing I am because when I can do that, I can show up and take inspired action. Yes. Yes. Just jump in with this. Cause it's, it was on my mind as we were talking about this. And also it's been on my mind from something my life coach said, you know, I hear you saying this and I'm like, yes, yes, girl. Yes. Yes. But I also know that there's people out there who are listening to you going like, Oh no, Oh no, I could never. Oh no, not me. No, no, no. Because it feels scary, right? It feels scary to own who you are. It feels scary to honor your why bravely. Like, we're asking, it seems like we're asking for a lot. And, and I know there might be folks out there listening who are like, that's all scary. I don't want to do it. It's too vulnerable, which visibility and vulnerability definitely go hand in hand. Um, but to that, I want to say as someone who has been visible and working on more visibility, it's not as scary as you think it might be, right? When you put something out into the world, there's always that feeling of like, well, someone might not like it, but the, the reality is you don't often hear from those people, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, People have to go really out of their way to tell you, I don't like this and I don't like you. Most people you just don't hear from. So the nice part is you hear from people who, who, you know, who do resonate with what you're putting out there or who needed to hear that from you in that moment, in that time, in that day. But the critics, you know, you don't hear from them often. And so if, if any of this is making you kind of get that swoopy belly feeling where you're like, I, I don't know, I don't know if I could deal with whatever other people's opinions or feedback. In my experience, and maybe Andrea, you have a different one, but in my experience, um, you don't get a ton of that back at you. No, you don't get a ton of that back at you. There, there are a couple of things I want to say about the, the question and the statements that you're making. One, it happens incrementally. I'm not yeah. saying that you're gonna like you know start booking all the morning shows tomorrow, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna start getting comfortable in your voice. Um, you know, one of the reasons I love podcast guest interviews actually is because it's a pretty safe space. You show up in a space where usually a host has selected you and says like, I think what you have to share is valuable, right? So mm -hmm. already it's a good listening that you're stepping into, and then mm -hmm. on top of it, you also get the loyalty of their audience, right? So that they're mm -hmm. gonna listen to you like the expert. And then you're stepping into a space where you get to test it all out in a kind of a private, right? Like that's not mm -hmm. live to air or like the stakes right. are a little less high than like Good Morning America, right? Now, right. <laughs> my husband's a producer actually for Good Morning America. If you get the chance to go on Good Morning America, yes, do it. That's a different kind of credibility and brand awareness, right? And that yes. logo looks friggin' awesome on your website. <laughs> yes. But if you want to show up in front of people who are definitely really loyal and going to convert into buyers, more something like podcast guesting, more like guest blogging, more like co-hosting on Clubhouse, like you asked about. Mm -hmm. yeah. Those are the spaces where you're actually really going to convert followers and listeners into customers. In addition to it being incremental, right, like that you don't have to do it all at once, there's also the fact that you can you can do it in the way that feels most right and most aligned for you and knowing 
that when you are starting to get feedback, like people are having an opinion, right? Like maybe you are rubbing people the wrong way. That's actually kind of a good problem to have because it usually only starts to happen when you've gotten a good amount of visibility. Yes. You know, so when, and and also it means that you're marketing in such a way that you're actually showing your brand identity. And my job is not to be, and your job as a business owner is not to be for everybody, right? Like there are 7 billion people on the planet. Not a single one of us can serve all of them. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So we're not, when you stop trying to be for everybody, but you start being for your soulfully aligned people, then you have to show up in the full scope of your power in your newness so that people can know that you actually are for them. So if if it turns out that they're like raising their hand and saying, Oh, well, you're not for me in whatever way they say it, usually and, you know, very quietly in the DMs, um, <laughs> right. move on, right? Like, who cares? It's fine, because you already yeah. know that you're not supposed to be for everybody. So, okay, go find your people. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say, like, for me, any of those moments where I, I remember uh, uh, at some point last year during the pandemic, I had someone DM me on my Moxie Bright Events um, Instagram account. Uh, it, was, it was right before the election. Uh, basically like saying like, I'm unfollowing you. I don't follow you for politics. Like this is ridiculous. And I think they were hoping that I felt very shamed by that comment. And instead I'd went on my Instagram stories and I was like, let me talk about this right now. And I just basically like reaffirmed my stance and donated a bunch of money to causes I care about to say like, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Like I'm not, you can unfollow, please. Like, please to go, go, there's a million other wedding planners to follow for inspiration. Like if you don't like what I'm saying, go somewhere else. And I, and I think, um, like everything else, the ability to not take that in and make that about myself is a muscle that needs, that needs a little work, you know? Um, but it gets easier with time, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so much work that we can do. I mean, I'm not only a coach, but I'm also a trained hypnotherapist and for a very good reason, because most of the decisions that we've made about ourselves and the way that we are, the way the world is, the way that business is, a lot of that is formed very, very early in our childhood. And so I wanted to just arm myself with all of the tools that I possibly could to be able to serve my clients in working through those old stories, those old narratives, because very often we're carrying those stories around and trying to make them fit. And this is where, when we feel like we're out of step or out of alignment with our business, very often it's because we've outgrown some old idea and we're having trouble letting it go. Mm, That's powerful. I love that. I think there's so many old ideas and I know me just for myself, I know I've grown out of many different identities that didn't serve me anymore. And it is, it is a growing pain, but it's worth it on the other side, I think. Yeah. And, you know, and back to your question about like showing up and people either liking or not liking, whatever, having an opinion about what you have to share. I know. I mean, I live in L.A. and you've lived here, too. It's a very, very, very image conscious, you know, community. I know a lot of times when I'm with fellow wedding pros, we end up talking about Botox, like everyone's obsessed. Right. But I know for people who when we say, okay, well, you have to be more visible, put yourself out there. They're like, yeah, but I don't like the way I look or I am whatever, too old, too short, too fat, too thin, too old, too young. Like, what do we? Does visibility have anything to do with image? It has nothing to do with that. So the, really, 
the degree to which you can own and fully accept yourself the way that you are, there is really nothing to change at the core of your being. The more you can shine that in all its fullness into the world, the more you can step into visibility with acceptance of, of everything that you have to share. Because people buy your energy, they buy your vibe way before they buy the product or service that you're offering, which also means that they buy that before they buy your physical appearance and image. I agree. I mean, I was an actor, so I definitely uh, have spent many, much too much of my life. Uh, I don't want to say obsessed because it's not obsessed, but like aware, right? Aware of my own image. Say we're always hardest on ourselves, right? So like there are things I notice about my face and, and my body that no one else would ever notice because I, and I know that because I don't notice it about other people. Yeah. And, and I would say that if you're thinking about this and if, you know, going live and showing up and being of service in your business is feeling more like online dating, then you're not probably showing up and being of service because when you're more focused on sharing your gifts and the things that you know will truly impact the world, you get a lot less self-critical. You start showing up because the message that is burning inside you to be expressed is far more important than whether you have mascara on today or not. Amen. Oh, hundred percent. And you can always put a filter on for that mascara for being honest. Yeah, <laughs> if, you're, you know, if you're really in your feelings about it, you know. You know, I mean, I actually have a lot of opinions about makeup, and I know that um, the, the rules are different for women than they are for mm -hmm. men. You know, at a societal yeah. level, and we could do a whole episode on that because I got a lot <laughs> oh, to say about it. <laughs> I would love to do that. Let's we'll definitely get that scheduled for next year because I would love to hear that because I'm I am I am uh. I am pro makeup, but I also think that has to do with my acting background. Like I feel better about myself when I wear makeup, but I definitely know I wear it for me and not anybody else. Yeah. So yeah. I am a hundred percent in favor of businesses that feel as good as they look. So checking in with yourself regularly to make sure that whatever it is that you're doing in your business to move it forward, to serve your clients, that it's all really feeling like it's serving you. Because if your business isn't serving you, if all it's doing is taking from you, then at some point in time, your well is going to run dry, right? Like you have to fill up your own cup before you yes. can really nourish and nurture other people, right? And as service-based entrepreneurs, this could not be more important. So our number one job as business owners is to show up in our businesses as whole and complete people that feel good. So whatever that work is that you need to do to get yourself to wholeness, that you are 100% okay with yourself exactly the way you are, but also exactly the way that you're not, that yes. is your job. That is your first and biggest, most important job as a business owner, because otherwise you are building on top of a very unstable foundation, hoping that the people that you're serving and the people that you're doing business with don't discover why you're not good enough. Well, damn. That's powerful shit right there. <laughs> you got to get your foundations together, folks. Yeah. Um, there is a many, there are many more things I would like to ask you about, about visibility, but I do want to, I want to end with this because I, I'm envisioning my listeners, I can, you know, I have this thing where sometimes where we're talking, I can be like, I hear their voices in my head going like, but what about, so like, 
someone's listening and they're like, I'm in, I'm going to, I'm going to work on my visibility. I'm going to show up. I'm going to get on some podcasts. I'm going to put my face on my Instagram. I'm in. And then I think what happens is people get excited, right? And they get, they get really convicted to do it. And then a little time goes by and they're like, but, but, but I'm not seeing results. What do we think about patience and visibility? Oh my gosh, they go hand in hand. So, I mean, I think that patience is a critical part of just manifesting anything in general, whether you're wanting more clients, more visibility, more money, you know, uh, more soulmates, uh, real soulmates, right? Not soulmate clients, but real soulmate, whatever it is that you want to pull into your life, you have to be a good receiver. And so this is what I mean by that, because so very often we think that the answer is to, to just give, right? Like we're told like tithe or, you know, like, you know, put it out there and it comes back to you. But we very often are stingy with ourselves about what we'll let ourselves receive, right? Because we, again, make decisions early in our life about what we are worthy of, right? So here's how you know if you're a good receiver or not. Do you shy away from compliments? Do you not ask for the help that you know would make a difference when you know you need it because it would make you look weak or some other opinion about yourself, right? If you are not actively allowing yourself to have the things come into your life that would make the difference, then how can the visibility show up? How can the the right soulfully aligned clients show up? In order to make space for that, you have to be willing to first believe that it's possible, that you are worthy of it, that you deserve it. And then you have to establish what are the new actions that I'm going to take? What are the new rules, right? Like, does this mean now every day I'm going to pitch this many shows or I'm going to pitch this many articles or I'm going to have this many sales calls or whatever those things that would result in you being able to have the thing that you want. And then the most important part is to be patient and allow it to show up, to trust in that co-creative process. Whether you call it God, the universe, higher power, I don't care what you call it, but there is something that we are all working in tandem with to create in this lifetime. And we have to allow it to unfold. Like, you know, the day you plant the fruit is not the day you harvest and eat it. Mm -hmm. We have to let it unfold. And so, that's where the real muscle comes in. Any one of us can talk ourselves up, whip ourselves into a frenzy. I'm going to go live today. I'm going to go live today. Today's the day, right? And we could do it once. But showing up reliably, showing up consistently, that's the thing that makes the difference. Because when your soulmate clients hear, wow, I heard her over here. She's talking about this thing. I heard her over there. She's talking. This is really her thing. I love it. I could listen to her talk about this thing all day then they know that's my person, right? So whether you do it in your own little ecosystem, your own Instagram, your own Facebook, your own newsletter, so many different mediums, you choose whichever one's right for you, but show up consistently and trust that serving with a full heart with all your generosity is going to have your soulmate clients identify themselves and they will. Amen. Well, and that's a perfect segue too, because uh, one of the many reasons that I wanted you on the show is because in October, we are going to be hosting a visibility challenge, which I'm going to talk about later on in this episode. So press pause, y'all, because it's coming. Um, But I think it's the consistency piece is important. And I think um, anyone can do something once, right? But, But successful people build habits and habits have consistency behind them. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And 
Wow, I could just do another couple hours with you, Andrea, but I know you have a life to get back to. So where can people find you on the internet to hear more, more gems of wisdom? I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Um, if people want to know more about me, if they're curious about even the upcoming masterclass and maybe want to check that out, that's at andreafreemanconsulting.com forward slash masterclass. Um, so that's where all the information is. And on, on that website, you can link to all the places I'm on you know, Instagram, Facebook, all, all the happy places on the internet. Love it. Well, we'll put all of those in the show notes so everyone can find you very easily. Um, Andrea, thank you again so much. I Visibility is such an important part of our businesses, and it's often one that gets buried under, you know, the emails and the tasks and the the concrete things or the seemingly concrete things we think we have to do to our business for our businesses. And um, I think the vis visibility piece, um, especially during the pandemic, got a little bit lost. I know for me it did. And so I'm happy to be bringing this back to the forefront of the conversation. And I thank you again so much for your time. Thank you. My lovely listener friends, thank you for your time today. I know that time is the one thing you can't make back, right? So I always appreciate that you spent it with us. We will see you next week, same time, same place. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.